This is an SJC Radio production. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode nine of series eight of Pit Stop, joined by the usual crew. We've got Joe, we've got Finn. Oh, we've also got Tom. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Joe, um, start off news. I think it was either today or yesterday about the new sprint format. So basically, Saturday is going to be given over to the sprint race they got sprint qualifying and the sprint race on saturday there's a slight difference that yeah the difference being is that the sprint race has its own qualifying session so you got two qualifying right, sessions one and so the, there won't be one. a sprint race every uh, there won't be a sprint race every race it'll just be on selected races is, is that still the well, case well we seem to be in this this trial phase it seems to be the third year of trialing these sprint races they've got to make a call whether they want them or not if they want them have them every race if they don't then bin the whole lot personally i don't think the sprint races add anything to the grand prix weekend you might have a different opinion to that a wise man once said on a podcast that less is more yeah i think that, that, might, that might be me actually yeah um <laughs> oh, no i think i think right, it was max oh, davidson it could have been max davidson who i was skiing with last week in italy no nice. um yeah, it was very nice, actually. Right. Going back to the weekend before last, the MotoGP from Cotter. That was a win for Alex Rins on the LCR Honda. In my many years of following motorsport, I think that might be the biggest surprise result that I've I've experienced. Because what, nobody... Of all, your, of all your races you've watched? Of all the races I've watched... I don't think uh, that's probably the biggest surprise. If you had said to me on Friday, I think Alex Rins will win the MotoGP on Sunday, I would have said to you, you know nothing. There's no way Alex Rins on the worst bike, the Honda, and it's not even a factory Honda, it's a satellite Honda team. There's no way any rider is going to win a race on that bike. They completely dominated the race. Um, this was after, of course, Bagnaia fell off. It's got a slight habit of, got a slight habit of falling off. So, um, yeah, MotoGP, the result was amazing. The race, I thought, was okay. Finn, I would have given it probably two stars out of five. The result, I would give five out of five, four. Two and a half. I think two and a half is, is a good, yeah, let's go for two and a half out of five. The result was unbelievable. What else has been on? Well, there was Le Mans cars in Portugal. I didn't see much of that because I was 
was I skiing? I can't remember now. I think I was skiing. Um, Toyota one two again. Um, so not much to comment about that. There was the Long Beach Imsa race. That was really good, actually. That went down to the last lap. So that was quite exciting. Now, Joe, you've got Joe, you've got Sky F1. Yeah. Have you been watching? Well, you probably haven't. I strongly recommend that you watch the IndyCars. Right. Okay. Why? Because I, I watched the highlights on YouTube of the IndyCar race at Long Beach. The racing is amazing in, in, in IndyCars. Um, Why should I watch it? The racing yeah. quality. The, the racing is superb. So, um, yeah, you, you ought to be, you ought, you ought to watch that. Last weekend, the main thing was, well, Superbikes, that was some Aston in Holland. Alvaro Bautista did the hat trick. He won all three races. Um, there was a, an horrendous crash for a chap called Vandermark. Um, he badly broke his leg and they actually showed it. They showed the replay. They shouldn't have because it was, it was really, it was quite unpleasant actually. But, um, you know, let, let's hope he, he sort of makes a speedy recovery from that. Other news, Mark Marquez won't be racing at Jerez this weekend. It's the Spanish Grand Prix at Jerez. Marquez, his injury from the first race still hasn't healed itself. So he, he's out, unfortunately. Um, this weekend, of course, MotoGP, Formula One from Baku. And we've got um, the WEC, the six hours of Spa, which I've mentioned already, I'm going to tomorrow. Um, so that should be really good. Oh, cricket, oh, sir. You might be interested in this. What's that? I'm playing tomorrow. We're going up yeah. for the, I think it's the National Cup or National Vars. Uh, yeah. We're going up to, uh, we're in the second round. Um, you pretty much going, up to Winchester, yeah. going up to Winchester College. Really? Well, that'd so be nice. Be, yeah, it's going to be quite Winchester a College, tough that's one game, of the, the top, top mm -hmm. schools in the country, Winchester College. It's going to be quite oh, a tough game, I think. But I think it's going to be rained off. So, uh, I'm not so sure about tomorrow, that. Tomorrow, the forecast isn't too bad, is it? In Winchester, I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then I had games on Saturday and Sunday, and they've both been cancelled. Oh. Because of the, the weather on the pitch. Hasn't been a, well, it hasn't been a great start to the summer. I'll tell you what, the ski season, I mean, it's just, it's non-stop snowing out there. What, still? Yeah, it's just non-stop. My last day what? skiing on Tuesday morning, it was, we had fresh powder. It, it was one of the best mornings I've ever had, actually. It was amazing. So, um, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So, Tom, what have you been up to? Oh, you're eating at the moment. We've got an answer that. <laughs> um, I've been busy. You got an award. You got an award. You got an we award. We did Ted Kravitz. We did Ted we did Kravitz as well. Oh, yeah. Well, that's relevant. I forgot about that. Well, exp um, explain this, Tom. We were up for um, best sports coverage for, for TV from a student-based um organization uh well, this would be your cricket coverage or it was the coverage of the basketball right. uh, that we do every week for bbc sport um yeah. and basketball england uh from southampton and uh yeah we went up for an award for it and ted kravitz was the judge uh and we yeah. won that's amazing wow so that was cool um so yeah it was nice nice to win uh but yeah, yeah. I, i've been busy not so many events recently um yeah. it's been quite a lot of admin planning for the summer i mean at the minute we're kind of phasing out the premier league season 
Uh, we've got a bit of FA Cup kicking around. We've got a little bit, so excuse the pun. Uh, we've got kicking um, around. another game in a couple of weeks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what so um, was that bit, Tom? So I missed that bit. Sorry, what was that? I was going to. I said there's a bit of FA Cup still kicking around, but I realised that was yeah. a good pun. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the cricket season's just picking up. So we've done two games yeah. for the Aegeus Bowl already, um, but obviously mm. that's only just getting going, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what else we got going on? All the festivals are about to start, so uh, lots yeah. of that sort of stuff happening. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Lots of lots of planning and admin, really. A bit of theatre mm. is around. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know, but I went out to Qatar to do the World Cup. So that's quite exciting. So it's yeah, I, I, I heard that. I knew you were out there before the World Cup. Were you actually out there whilst it was on? No, no. I came back the week before the first game, so I went out there and did and... all the setup and the training. So to tell me who you were training and what you were training them in so i was training the uh vision mixers so they are uh like the if you think about like a sound engineer mixes audio on a mixing desk that for cameras so they mix all the different cameras together so you they obviously have like 20 30 different cameras and they pick one for you to see at home so people are actually pressing those buttons and then i did some training for the directors as well uh because uh what i was out there to do is train the people on the vision mixer so if the director doesn't know what the vision mixer is capable of they can't really use it to its full ability so a bit of training for the directors to explain them what they can do because the bit of kit they were using was a bit revolutionary had a few new features on it they couldn't have possibly done before so it allowed them to kind of expand their creative mindset and what they they could and couldn't do uh, mainly could do now uh, and then, yeah, the vision mix on how to make it work. And then also the uh, engineers on supporting that vision mixer because um, obviously they needed to, if something went wrong with it, understand how it worked and uh, fix it. So, yeah, all this I literally arrived. It was all in boxes, got it to a stage where it was set up and then trained um, the relevant people there um, who all worked for Alcas, which is basically Qatar's version of Sky Sports. Mm. Is it unusual for a student to be teaching these professionals? Yeah, um, I, I think it, I was lucky in many ways that I'd been uh, I'd been already trained up on this piece of kit that not many people really knew how to use, uh, mm. and they're kind of uh, unfortunately their head of training was a was a, a lady and she felt uncomfortable going out to Qatar. Um, oh right, okay. Um, so they were looking around for someone who'd be up for doing it uh and yeah that's why i went out and i think oh, chris is here now i think he is hello we got vision can you hear us chris i can indeed how's it going Hooray. hi yeah good thanks um this is uh everyone i don't know joe's just disappeared i think he'll be back in a minute uh but finn's there i don't know if it's arranged in the same layout that i've got but finn's in my top right hand corner uh, and then uh there's nick as well at the top left he's got the pit stop thing under his box but he's actually called nick <laughs> how's it going guys nice to meet you oh and there's joe in my screen nice. and now he's going to disappear up to his screen <laughs> um, but yeah so yeah this is chris i thought um so i don't totally get wrong what you do chris and just kind of not introduce you at all well i'd get you to introduce yourself if you're that's all right with you yeah, yeah of course. Or they start chatting to you and they might also then have a better idea of what you exactly do and stuff um, 
Look, there's Jake. Hello, Jake. Hello. Um, so yeah, I guess when you're when you're ready, if you want to. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I'm Chris. Um, I joined Team Brit about God uh, twenty months ago, something like that. Now, um, I got in touch with the team um, pretty much about six months after we'd done our first lockdown. Uh, because I'd not done any kind of sim racing for a long time. And I went and bought some quite expensive kit and then realized that I couldn't really use my legs well enough to be able to stop the car. And it was giving me a lot of pain. And I had hand controls in my road car at the time. Uh, so I kind of started getting on the internet and trying to see if there were, you know, hand controls for sim racing. And I pretty much came across Team Brit purely by looking at a video of their Aston Martin uh, being driven with hand controls. And they weren't even driving it, they were just operating it in the um, in their pit garage. And I was just like amazed by the fact that you could keep your hands on the wheel and gas and brake and change gear just all with one thing, you know, because I had a push pull in my car. So push pull is when you've got, you know, one hand on the steering wheel with like a yoke, which funnily enough, I've got right here. Uh, so you have, your, you have a thing like that, and then you've got like a handle that you push towards you for braking and you pull towards you for throttle. Oh. And um, as much as I tried, you couldn't really drive that spirited with it. It wasn't that safe um, or effective. And um, I saw on Team Brit's website, they had a picture of my current steering wheel, or not my current steering wheel, my old steering wheel, which is like a, like a formula, rom, formula rim. Um, and they just said, you know, there you go, have a go with this. And it was, um, it basically had the advanced pod paddle module on the back. And they just had like the, uh, the standard clutch paddle, which I've got over there, which was literally about that big that allowed you to brake and steer with it. Uh, and they kind of chucked me on their simulator at Le Mans for, I don't know, best part of an hour. Um, and I mean, I'm kind of skipping bits. They invited me to come down to the workshop. Um, and, you know, that was amazing going to a real race team and, you know, going into the workshop and then being an Aston Martin kind of still smelling from the, the race just literally the weekend before or something. It was just nuts. Um, anyway, I, I kind of got on better with the hand controls than I thought. Um, and I launched out with the lead engineer, Al. Um, and I didn't know a huge amount about Team Brit at that point. Um, so Team Brit is a, an entire racing team made, made up of disabled drivers. So we're not a charity. We're just like any other race team. So we're like, you know, like Balfe or um, WRT, you know, we're just a, a race team. We just happen to be a bunch of uh, drivers with different disabilities. Um, and Al had said to me, Hey, here's a big fat shopping list of things that you need to buy to, you know, fix your wheel. And I looked at it and I nearly passed out cause it was a fortune. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'll be honest, I kind of, it, I was a bit disheartened when I looked at it because I already spent a huge amount of money on the sim. Um, and I kind of just shelved the idea for, well, months, to be honest with you, because we had another lockdown. Um, I did another load of teaching over winter. And I think we got to like February, March time. And a little email popped up in my inbox from Team Brett basically saying, uh, we're starting our race academy again in the summer. Um, do you fancy coming and having a go with, hand controls you know the hand controls they've got in their cars um you know on a track with a coach and i was like hell yes just <laughs> onto being stuck indoors again 
um, you know, saved a bit of cash. So you just went and did it. The, the day itself was amazing. You know, getting in the car and going around the track was pretty terrifying, to be honest with you. Like the first time uh, Jamie Falby took me around, I was like, seriously, <laughs> are we going to drive that hard around the track? You know, all four wheels screeching, leaving it late to braking. Um, it, it was a bit scary. Um, and anyway, the, the day kind of went well. I, I listened to what I was told to do. I didn't crash the car. Um, and after that, I, you know, I sort of got invited to go down to Dunsfold, which is where the, uh, the team is. Uh, so that's where the top gear truck is. And they were doing a media day there. They had their 118 race car, which was like their rookie car back then. And, and they sort of said to me, do you, do you want to have a go in that? And I was like, yeah, you don't have to ask me twice. Um, and I did, I don't know, I probably did about four or five laps, not really much time at all. Um, you know, did a few laps with the race instructor. I went out with one of the other drivers, funny enough. Um, and after that day, I got a message pinging in my in inbox saying, you know, we'd like to invite you to be a rookie with Team Brit. Um, you know, how do you fancy going racing? Um, which was a daunting question because racing, as you probably realize, is a massively expensive sport. Uh, you know, nothing's free. Yeah. It's like walking into a room and setting fire to a bunch of 20 pound notes. That's how I was described racing. <laughs> I've got a question if I can, can butt in for a second. Yeah, yeah. If, if you haven't finished with your story, Mate, I could talk for hours, so do but <laughs> I'd just be interested what is the best part and what is the worst part about the job? Uh, best part of the job, um, get to travel to beautiful parts of the country. Racing tracks are in amazing places. Uh, get to work with a really cool bunch of people, which is the team. Um, we laugh a hell of a lot over the weekend. Um, getting to sit on the tail of a GT3 car um, or like a, you know, like a prototype or um, when we were in Portugal, I had a, <clears throat> a, a early 2000s Ferrari 550 um, Pro Drive with a V12, like, you know, six foot flying past me. That was that was pretty special. Those are the best bits of it, really. There's too many to list. Um, yeah. Worst bits, money. <laughs> just literally right, yeah. money. Just kind of, how am I going to uh, get money for for next year? Um, you know, and beyond. That's always the constant stress. And I think if you talk to to most drivers, they'll probably say the same question. Apart from that very small selective um, drivers that are simply so good they get paid to drive. Right. Um, I, don't, which, I was good, oh. I was imagining that the positives would outweigh the negatives. Oh god, yeah, oh, god, yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, could you tell us what series you're racing in, in at the moment? Yeah, so I'm racing in the British Endurance Championship. Uh, so our race series is made up of, I think it's five classes. So we've got Class A, which is GT3, uh, Class B, which is like uh, challenge cars, super trophy cars. Um, Class C is like cup cars, so a lot of 911 cups. Um, class D, which is what we're in, which is GT4 cars. And then you've got class E, which is TCR cars. Uh, so TCR cars are like front, you know, entirely front wheel drive hatchbacks, so golfs, coopers, that sort of thing. Uh, and then there's another class below that, which is class F. And I'm struggling to remember what cars are in that, actually. Um, but it's... It's, it's proper endurance racing, so it's multi-class racing. So, you know, we'll be at tracks and you'll be overtaken quite a few times by GT3 cars, but you'll also be doing overtaking on the slower cars. Uh, so you're kind of 
you're always on your toes. You're always looking in your mirror. Um, you're always having to fight for corners. Um, and team Brit, you know, we want to compete in the, uh, the Le Mans 24 hour, which is multi-class racing with LMP cars. Well, hypercars now. Um, and all that training is really important. Um, our races are anywhere between two and three hours long. Uh, so we do stints behind the wheel. So we'll either do like a 45 minute stint or an hour stint. Um, and then we'll change over, maybe, maybe feel the car, maybe put tires on, you know, it depends on the strategy, I guess. Right. Well, we have a question that we ask every, every guest we have. Yeah. I say every guest we have, we've only, I'd say we maximum we've only had about six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, we've had a few, uh, sorry. Uh, um, what is the first race you've ever been to? And I suppose for you, this is going to be quite a recent one. What is the most recent or the last race you've been to? So the first race I ever went to was probably when I was a kid uh, and it was at Brands Hatch and I had a family friend whose dad worked for Mobile Oil and we went up to one of the boxes there and we watched the British GT Championship in like 1994, that sort of time. Um, so we were watching Ferrari F40s, um, I can't remember if the McLaren F1 was out that year or whether it was the year after, but we definitely saw the McLaren F1 racing there. Yeah. Um, and uh, to be honest, that that was cool, but the big lasting impression was watching the Volkswagen Ventos. That was the best race of all weekend. I always remember because um, it was like touring car racing, you know, cheapest chips, uh, everyone's banging doors, everyone's got the same power car. So it's just down to the driver and, you know, the, the, the setup that the crew do. That, that was that was peak racing for me. Mm. Um, and funny enough, the most recent race I went to um, was Brands Hatch. Um, so we did the two hour Brands Hatch Indy and that was on Saturday. How did that go, Chris? <sighs> <laughs> I've never been so disappointed to come away with a podium. That's okay. <laughs> um, so we led our class for the first hour and a half of the race. Um, mm. and after the first pit stop was still leading. Um, and when we had a safety car, uh, we decided to box, uh, which is pretty standard practice in endurance racing because safety car comes out, you go, right, let's box because we're going to lose less time on track if everyone's going slower. Uh, so you don't lose track position so quickly. Well, we pretty much timed it perfectly. We were a tiny bit over on our pit stop. We were like three seconds over. Um, and by the time I got to the pit lane, I watched the lights go from green to red and watched the safety car go around with the train of cars. So I had to wait a whole lap and we went oh from first to second. Um, and then the car that had come into the pits a lap after me, well, they didn't lose any time. So they caught up the lap that they were behind us. Yeah. And the guy that was driving that was um, a pro driver called Stuart Hall, who used to be an Aston Martin works driver. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've been driving racing for like two years. This guy's been racing for <laughs> twenty years. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that he was quicker than me. <laughs> and, and yeah, and he eventually caught me up. Uh, so we went from first to second in a heartbeat, and then like you know, less than ten minutes later, down to third, and that's that's where we stayed and finished. Um, we finished sixth overall in the race, uh, but we were we were second overall in the race for ages and ages. Um, yeah. I thought we were going to come away with a class win and an overall podium. 
and that's that's kind of my goal this season is to come away with overall podiums as much as we can uh, but win our championship uh, but we've got yeah. stiff competition which is not um, and and what about your sort of future ambitions Chris I understand that am I right in saying that Team Brit have got a team in the British G, GT Championship as well haven't they yeah yeah so are you looking are you looking ahead at graduating to the GT4 category in yeah, absolutely. British GT absolutely um, I mean I'd love to jump straight into a GT3 car next year, to be honest with you. Um, but there's um, there's a lot of things that need to happen before that, basically. Um, my goal is 100% British GT next year. Um, if not British GT, maybe European GT4. Uh, but we, we haven't really decided what we're doing as a team yet. But yeah. long term, yeah, I want, I want to be one of the guys that sits in a GT3 car at the Le Mans 24 hour. So, you know, the quicker that I can get in a GT3 car, the more realistic that that's going to happen. Yes, because of course, next year, the, the WEC, they're getting rid of the GT, um, the current GT class, and they're bringing the GT3 cars, right. aren't they? So Yeah, that's yeah, right. So by uh, us competing in British GT last year uh, and competing this year, we're actually uh, eligible to uh, apply uh, to go to look. Right. Uh, so from 2024, hopefully, as long as we've got a GT3 car next year and someone racing in it, uh, we can actually apply. Um, it's still not easy to get into Le Mans. You know, you have to be invited. Um, there are certain championships that you can compete in. Uh, and then if you win, you get automatic entry into it. Um, yeah. So we, we want to earn our way into Le Mans in, by merit. Um, we don't want a garage 56 entry. Um, we want to get that by doing what we're doing because so i think that's a much stronger message uh you know to the disabled community and to, to able-bodied people what people with disabilities can do yeah if you could you started racing two years ago you said yeah. yeah if you could give yourself some advice to yourself if that makes sense two years ago what would that be oh god find sponsors i'll give you some yeah. time to think about find that one that's sponsors. quite difficult yeah, yeah. definitely 100 percent find sponsors much earlier get talking to people much earlier because um, the yeah like I said to you earlier it's the, the, the money is how you go racing so the the earlier that you can get all of these things kind of tied up the more you can just focus on getting in the car and driving um, that would literally be it <laughs> it's a really boring dull answer but that's 100% <laughs> Right, I've got I've got lots and lots of questions. Um, <laughs> but um, you're clearly a sort of motorsport enthusiast. What motorsport series do you follow the most? Ooh. Pro, um, reliably, probably the World Endurance Championship. Um, I watch Excellent. that one more than any other series. Um, it's great putting it on the weekend because you know it's a six-hour race, so it's a four-hour, so it's a twelve-hour race, uh, and I generally have it always on. Um, you know, have the look. Chris, I'm 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 actually going to Spa this weekend. Oh, cool! For the, the, for the six hours. hours. Nice. Yeah, so I'm I'm going early Friday morning. So uh, yeah, the 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 WEC is my favourite uh, as well. I I've, um, I I started going to Le Mans twenty-four hours uh, in two thousand and ten. And I went every year, really? 10 years. Um, and it was 
the only reason I went was because I moved down to Southampton. Um, and this, this is, I, I can go off on one if you want, but um, <laughs> I, I had a career in London as a photographer. Um, I was assisting, um, I was doing really well actually. Um, and I started to get really big issues with my back. Um, mm. And I went and saw a chiropractor all the time. And then the chiropractor said, your back is screwed but the reason your back is screwed is there's something going on with your pelvis um go and see an orthopedic surgeon and then it was going to see the orthopedic surgeon that the surgeon said okay wow you better sit down um and showed me uh, an x-ray of my hip and my left hip had uh, grown 90 degrees out of the socket uh, so there was virtually nothing holding my left leg in other than the muscle um, right. and they showed me my right hip and my right hip was also outside of the socket, but you know, about 50% in, um, yeah. so he, he said straight away, right. You know, no sports for you, no running, no climbing up ladders, no jumping, you know, ever again, basically. Um, and I was quite a physical person, quite a sporting person. So that was quite a difficult thing for me to do. So I pretty much ignored him, um, and just kind of got on with my life. Um, and literally about six months later, I was walking to the train station in uh, Kingston uh, to go up to uh, shoot with the Observer and my left hip fully dislocated. Um, and that was really painful, really traumatizing. Um, you know, I obviously didn't go into work. Um, spoke to my surgeon and he was like, ooh, kind of hoping that wasn't going to happen for a few more years, but let's get you in. So uh, that was like late 2006 i think that was um and then 2007 i think i did my last job which was at downing street shot the prime minister really cool day and then a week later i was in intensive care having had my femur broken and my hip put back into the socket and reinforced loads of titanium um that surgery sort of worked until i had a fall at home uh, and i tore my acl and then it kind of just all went to, to hell after that because I couldn't wait there. My left leg, at, you know, dystrophied to the point where it was like skinnier than my arm. Um, and then it got so bad that I couldn't actually use the legs. I had to literally lift it up to move it around. Um, and that took, that was about two and a half years of my life, basically in bed, um, you know, waiting for surgeries to kind of have it corrected, waiting for my knee to be repaired. Um, and that's when I came to Sony University. Uh, because I needed a job. Um, I wanted to do something with my life because I kind of hit rock bottom. And uh, so actually kind of saved my life because it gave me a renewed purpose. Um, they were really accommodating with my condition um, and have been ever since. Um, and since I started working at university, I was on a crutch uh, for ages and I was on a walking stick and a different walking stick and then a different walking stick. Um, and then, uh, what, two and a half years ago, um, things started to get bad again. Um, so I'm, my hips are really bad at the moment. So I, they gave me a wheelchair. So, you know, you probably see me around the university sometimes in a wheelchair. I try not to use it too much because the more I use it, uh, the less my muscles are, the less muscles I have, the more my hips aren't held in. Um, so I kind of tend to use it a lot of the racetrack because there's a lot of hanging around and a lot of just going backs yeah. and forwards. Um, and yeah, I, like I was stuck in a wheelchair for a long time and it took a lot to, to get up and learn to walk again and learn to use my leg again. And 
I don't want to get back to that place out of choice. Um, so for me, it's quite a nice place to be able to choose to use the wheelchair when I need to and not kind of yeah. to rely on it. But anyway, do you, oh, sorry. Well, no, no, there's a reason why I was saying I went to Le Mans. <laughs> so I came to South yeah. and I moved to a lovely little house in Hillhead. And I noticed that my neighbor had a copy of Evo and he had an Aston Martin in his driveway. So we got off like a house on fire within minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, had quite a few beers in the pub down the road, the Osborne View. And then he said to me, do you fancy coming to Le Mans 24 hours? And I was like, I've only wanted to go to the Le Mans 24 hours since I was about 10 years old, but my dad would never let me. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. Just went every year ever since. So yeah, that's that's where um, endurance racing, the, the passion for that kind of came from. Are you going to this year's race, Chris? Yes. Yeah. You are? Because um, that's the 100th anniversary, isn't it? Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm really excited. There's about 30 of us going. Um, we've oh, got uh, we've got a pitch, a campsite inside Tetra Rouge, uh, which is where we always go. Um, All right. So, yeah, I don't know if you know the the, the track very well, but there's a there's a stadium. Yep. Uh, and literally on the inside of Tetra Rouge is a tiny little campsite, and that's, that's where we are. Yes. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, uh, wow. so I'm super um, excited about that. Fantastic. Are, are there any other? I mean, do you watch Formula One at all? Or oh, do you know what? I, I kind of I go in and out of watching Formula One. Uh, truthfully, mm. um, I feel like I should be watching it more. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know. For me, I love watching British touring car racing. I love watching Porsche Super Cup. Uh, I love yeah. watching the Australian Fiat Supercars. Um, you know, where I just, I don't know what it is. Because you find it ironic, really, because World Endurance Championship is a slog. It's an endurance race. But I just find yes. Formula One yeah. a bit samey sometimes, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, at least yeah. World Endurance Championship, you've got different design of cars every year. You've got different different engine configurations, um, different manufacturers. And, and, and just with, with these multi-class races, there's always something going on, even if it's like a... Toyota one two at the front. You've got the battles amongst the LMP twos, the GTE AMs, and so on. There's always something going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I think Finn has got a whole series. Finn, you got about four or five. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> um, now, Chris, I don't want you to think about these answers too much. So the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. Finn, have you got them? Finn, have you got them? The, the questions. So just have a look at your inbox. There's right, very good. So Chris, don't give you too much thought. Finn, first question. Who is your favorite driver? Who's my favorite favorite racing driver? Um, of all time, not just today, but oh, um, uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman, right? Oh, right. Well, that's interesting. So he was. We're talking 1979, Le Mans. Yeah, Paul, Paul Newman Mans, was obviously a very famous actor, but he was also easily good enough to be a pro driver. Um, and he was just one of the coolest people alive, in my opinion, Paul Newman. Um, the Hawaiian <laughs> Tropic Porsche 935, that's also yeah. up there with one of my favourite all-time cars. So, yeah, Paul Newman. Oh, okay. Good, next question. Which is your favourite race car? Favorite race car? Well, I think I just answered that Porsche 935 Kramer from the 1970s. Your favorite color scheme? Oh, favorite color scheme. Um, 
Ooh. Ooh, that's a really, really, really tough question, actually. Um, I noticed you got a, I love a poster behind you of, oh, sorry, of, oh, of a no. golf, golf uh, yeah. 9 11 there. Uh, that was at Le Mans 24 hours in 2018. Um, do you know what? I think it's going to be one of the BMW art cars. Um, so. Yeah. There was a, a 1970s CSL Batmobile that used to race um, that had like yeah. patches of multicolors on it. That's probably one of my favorite race yeah. cars schemes. Very good. You can check <laughs> Your favorite circuit? Uh, favorite circuit, um, Brands Hatch. All right. Excellent. All right. Love that circuit. I've, I've, I've driven the Indy quite a few times. I've driven the GP circuit once. The GP circuit is amazing. So you're saying that Brands Hatch is your favourite circuit to, to race on? It's my favourite circuit to drive to race on, on, but it's actually just my favourite circuit. Like, I love that That's circuit. Just, it's got a real, yeah. you know, it's quite precious to me. Um, just yeah. from watching it, I love the spectator side of things. Um, you know, you watch a race on the Indy, you can see the entire track um i've been to a lot of different racetracks um yeah definitely back touch very good i think that was the last one wasn't it finn well if that's the last one could i jump in because i've got a question yeah Yeah, go for it um do you now this is both singular and as a team as a whole i suppose it's quite difficult for you to answer for the team as a whole so you don't necessarily have to but do you ever stop and think about how much of a role model you are to disabled people all across the world, and then how does that make you feel? Um, I suppose I don't, because um, I'm selfishly just enjoying what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> There's nothing, no shame in that. Um, I don't know. Like I've I've met quite a few people. I've met lots of young. Kids. You know, that's that's one of the really cool things about what we do is, uh, you know, we'll go to a circuit and I'll meet. A kid like i met a kid at uh, donnington in the last round last year who had the exact same hip condition as me um who'd had multiple really? surgeries. yeah yeah had multiple surgeries which i didn't have when i was a youngster um yeah and i don't know part of me thought like his parents were looking at me going christ is this what he's got in store ahead of him but <laughs> i hope he looked looked at me and what i was doing and kind of going okay it, it's just me you know my body is my body it doesn't really matter what my body is i can do what i want to do um you know i met a we had a really fortunate meeting at uh, alton park a couple of weeks ago and we met um a japanese guy and he was racing with um oh what's his name uh it's a tetraplegic le mans driver uh who yeah uh, is it, yeah i know who you mean yep. uh, so, is it sasse i've forgotten is it, Frederick? is it Frederick Sosse? I think. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's Frederick. his name. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he he partnered him in the long twenty four hours, oh, really? um, and yeah. he came to basically visit Team Brit and look at our hand controls, basically. Um, and we were chatting to a guy uh, who was just you know at the event, and the the guy I was chatting to was just you know after the Japanese guy get uh, left and was talking about what we were talking about, he was quite moved and. He did say kind of exactly that, Jay, that he found it very inspirational what um, what he was doing and what we were doing. Um, I wish when I was stuck in bed and thinking like my life is over that I knew about Team Brit. Um, well, to be fair, Team Brit didn't exist back then. Uh, but 
you know, I think if if I was in that situation now, I would have already phoned up Team Brit and kind of begged them to let me go racing. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot more uh, accessible sports nowadays. There's a lot more disability sports than there ever used to be. Um, I think it's a it's 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 a good time to have a disability because of the amount of support there is out there, um, and there's a lot of really inspiring people. I feel always inspired by my teammates. Um, I'm very lucky to be surrounded by a very, very uh, cool bunch of people. Yeah, well, I can just say for someone who isn't, uh, luckily isn't isn't a disabled person, I find you very inspiring and very inspiring. So I think it's it's I can't imagine what an effect you'd have on someone who is. So that's great. Yeah. How much of a help was your Chris? You said you started off doing sim racing. Yeah. Um, Finn is very keen on his, um, you've got quite a good setup there, Finn, haven't you? He's got, you've got the sort of the, the wheel and the, the pedals and everything. What the leap from being a sim racer to a real racer, how big a leap was that? I mean, was the sim racing really helpful to you or um, well to part? It was massively helpful, uh, because oh, really, wow. yeah. Um, and, and not in the ways that you think it would be, it would be helpful. So. Uh, there are elements of technique that you can learn from sim racing, definitely, uh, that you yeah. can apply. Um, but the the most beneficial thing I found with sim racing is uh, your vision. So learning where to look for mm -hmm. your uh, apex, where you're looking for your braking zones, but also um, psychology as well. So if you're sim racing against the AI, uh, you're not learning anything. Um, you can just drive around them because they're quite slow or you can crash into them. But as soon as you go on to an online environment and you're racing against other people, um, yes, okay, they're going to do things they probably wouldn't do in real life. But when you get to some serious leagues, when you've got damage on and you've got tire wear on, brake fade on, weather mm. conditions, you know, the, the track evolves, the storm goes on, you go offline, you pick up marbles. Um, that's actually really good practice because you can put pressure on people, you can have pressure put on yourself. And when I used to first start sim racing against people online my heart would literally be pumping like mad uh, if i ever got into the lead and i would inevitably muscle it because um my heart was pumping so fast and i start hyperventilating i'd make a mistake and then i'd be like oh but i was in the lead and the more you do it the more you become comfortable with being around people and then it starts to become normal so when i first did my very first race um i got strapped in i felt like i couldn't breathe for about five minutes uh but the second yeah. i left the pit lane um i just felt really calm um and i don't think i would have felt like that had i not had quite a few years of sim racing experience um and yeah. you can start to read people's um body language in a car i know you can't see their bodies but you can see the <laughs> yeah. in a car uh, of what they're going to do next whether they're going to uh, go breaking deep or whether they're going to fight you aggressively or whether they're just going to get out of the way. Um, and all of that, you can definitely carry over into real racing. So if there's any listeners listening, obviously, uh, and want to watch you race or, or find out about your, your results, how would they go about doing that? Um, so there's two ways you can look. Uh, so you can either go onto the Team Brit website. Uh, so if you just Google Team Brit, uh, there's, a uh, there's a fan zone uh, where we've basically got all of our live streams uh, and all of our race results. 
Um, when we're racing, um, we're typically racing with uh, BARC, and there's always a YouTube stream live up uh, on the yeah. BARC YouTube channel. Um, but what's cool is if you go to uh, the Team Brit um, YouTube channel, you can actually see the onboards live of us when we're racing. So, like, if you get on the YouTube now and just go to Team Brit, you should see on the 22nd of April the two-hour race that James and I did at Brand. Um, and you can see see me getting frustrated behind the wheel in the pits. <laughs> um, when's, when's your next race, Chris? Uh, the next race is at Alton Park on the 27th of May. So we've got about okay. four or five week gap now until we're next racing. There he goes. Uh, so Alton Park is a yeah. three hour race. Um, I don't know what our, um, our race strategy is going to be, uh, whether we'll do double stints. So a uh, double stint will basically be where you do your 45 minutes, you come in, um, you either fuel the car or you do a dummy stop where you don't do anything. You don't change tires. You just yeah. stop because there's a, there's a minimum required stops. Um, so if we double stint, that means we're basically doing an hour and a half in the car. Um, or um, one of us will start, one of us will then maybe do the middle part of the race because uh, it does take longer to do the driver changes. So I don't know. I don't know. We, we, we have to change tires. We have to fuel once. That's the, the dead certainty, and it's just when we do it. Uh, but I'm pretty excited. Dalton Park's a pretty cool circuit. Yeah. Excellent. And what's the what's the longest race in the endurance calendar? Is it? Um, to be honest, uh, they're they're all three hour races. The longest one. Um, we were we were thinking about entering into the uh, six hour race at Donington. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if we're doing it as a team because it's a non championship points entry. So we would just be just be racing for the sake of racing. Um, I'd love to do it, obviously. I just don't know what the what the team's thinking at the moment. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's all very expensive. Um, like set of tires, two and a half thousand pounds. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Funny. We go through yeah. probably three sets of tires, maybe four sets of tires over a race weekend. So that's that's ten grand just on tires. Um, so if you think wow. about a six-hour race, we're probably going to go through. Well, easily th th probably three or four sets in the race, um, and then probably a couple of sets in the actual practice and leading up to it, qualifying. So that's <laughs> not including fuel, yeah. not including the race, <laughs> you know, the the wages for the mechanics and the engineers. Um, yeah, you've noticed I keep going on about money. Uh, <laughs> the best thing about the racing is um, is the racing itself. Um, I really enjoy the endurance side of it because it's a, you know, it's a test of uh, physical ability. It's a test of um, dexterity and and patience more than anything else. I see a lot of people uh, get impatient and bin the car or over rev the engine, blow the gearbox up. Um, you know, the, it's, it's such an old saying, but you can't win the race in the first corner, but you can definitely lose it. Um, yeah. So I like to be patient. Uh, I like to look after my tires so that later on in my stint, I've got a better set of tires under me than my competitors. And that, that worked really well last year in the Brick Car Trophy and the BMW. So hopefully that works this year. Excellent. Well, we, we will follow your progress this year with interest, Chris. So, um, oh, thank you. In fact, we, yeah, thank you very much had, for speaking to us. Yeah, as, as Joe was saying, we, we've had a number of guests on, but you're, you're the first actual racing driver we've had on. So um, I'm honoured. I'm very honoured. 
Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's just, um, well, we're more or less sort of finished here, Chris, but what we, we normally try and we do our predictions for the weekend ahead. Will you, will you be watching the F1 or the MotoGP? I'm assuming you'll be watching some of the WEC, obviously. On, on I'll, be, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be watching the WEC, definitely. Um, Excellent. My, uh, so Aaron Morgan um, is coming over on the weekend. So Aaron Morgan drives yeah. the McLaren and British GT. Um, so yeah. he has bought the same steering wheel. He's got aim <laughs> shifters. He's got the same boss. He's got the same thing. How's that rattling? Um, and we're going to spend all of Saturday, I think, basically building him one of these um, wow. so that he can join a sim racing. So we as a team, uh, so I say we, a lot, some of us, uh, are pretty much sim racing every single night. Um, and yeah. Like last night, for example, <laughs> you know, what started off as uh, Bob, Bobby Tromley and I doing like an hour of sim racing. Well, the senior race coach, team manager came on. Um, and before I knew it, I was still sim racing at half past one in the morning. Uh, I was like, oh, oh my oh. God, I've got to go to bed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's all good. Part. You know, I need to need to be able oh. to race when I'm tired. And yeah, it's just good fun. Yeah. I suppose you could, you could intersperse your sim racing on Saturday with, with watching some of the wet, can't you? Because that's that's on Saturday. I mean, I've seen the weather forecast, and for a bank holiday weekend, okay. sorry, I'm going to hold on to this cat because he keeps making a noise. <laughs> um, yeah, so for the um, for a bank holiday weekend, I think we're going to have a lot of sunshine on the Saturday. Um, so I think we'll actually probably spend a bit of time in the garden. I'll probably listen to the race yeah. on the radio. Um, yeah. And I'll just probably have it on generally. What time does it start? Is it uh, like a midday? Um, probably, oh, what time does it start? It's probably around 12. It might be just after 12, actually. I went to Spa um, last year. Um, yeah, so did I. I got very wet. No, I went to watch British GT at Spa and oh. glorious sunshine for the whole time we were there. So I've got a very locality <laughs> of Spa. You're lucky. I'm just, I'm just hoping that it's not going to be too wet this weekend, but I'm, I'm not confident because even when the forecast cool. says, even when it's forecast to be fair, you, you just can't guarantee the Ardennes that yeah. it's got its own sort of microclimate and it can be beautifully sunny one second, then chucking down the next. So I've packed my waterproofs. Very good. Make sure you've got lots be, of layers. Be... Make sure you've got a hat. Yeah. yeah. Got everything. And we're camping as well. So I think the evening's going to be quite cool. So. Brave you are. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weekend, I think. There you go. Right. I think that pretty much sort of wraps things up there. Thanks oh, so much for giving up yeah, your I mean, evening uh, to join us, Chris. It's been really interesting hearing about your racing career and everything. Yeah, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Really nice to meet you guys. I mean, I, I know one of you. Um, uh, yeah, thanks for introducing me, Tom. Um, if you want me to try and uh, hook you up with some of the other racing drivers from Team Brett, do let me know. Uh, I'm sure that'll be nice to you. Um, Thank fantastic. you. Uh, I, I, I'll try and talk to some of the big racing drivers that I meet on the, on the circuits, and I'll be like, hey, you know who you guys should talk to? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so if you bump into Max Verstappen, let us let him know. I, I will let him know. <laughs> I mean, I bumped into Darren Turner quite a few times. Um, had some good Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He he came and checked out the hand controls uh, last year because I raced in the uh, team's Aston. So that you remember, I said at the start I was looking at the video of the hand controls of the Aston Martin. Well, yeah, 
I raced that Aston Martin uh, in Donington in August, um, which was still like the most exciting thing I've ever done. Five litres, yeah. 500 horsepower. Oh, no, no silence, <laughs> no silences. So it sounded like a GTE car. Um, it was, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Proper. Um, yeah. And anyway, Darren came to look at the car and look at all the hand controls. Really nice guy. Um, so yeah, if I see him, I'll mention it. Thank you. Right. Well, thank you very much for coming on pit stop. Yeah. It's been great speaking to you. Thank yeah. you for sparing the time. And I think we've taken up a bit too much of your time. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cool. yeah, thanks. Okay. Chris. I need some late dinner. All right. Nice cool. to meet you guys. I'll see you. Okay. See you later. Right, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. All right. Cheers. Chris. Okay. Right, thanks, Chris. Right. Okay. Bye. Let's move on to predictions because it's quite a busy weekend. We've got Formula One from Baku and we've yep. got MotoGP uh, from uh, Hered. So, Joe, I got, okay, Formula One, I'll do my usual, yep. my usual, you know, Verstappen. Perez Alonso, that's me done. What about you? Well, I might switch it up a little bit here. And I'm going to suggest that my prediction, alongside I'm going to predict the podium, my prediction here is that uh, it's quite a it's quite a heavy straight line circuit, isn't it, Baki? So, and yeah. the Williams, I think, are quite quick in the straight line. So yeah. I think Williams might do quite well. I'm not suggesting they're going to get a podium, but I, I can't imagine yeah. they're going to be... I think they might get points. So that's my prediction yeah. on the side. Well, yeah. then podium is going to be uh, Verstappen win a yeah. ooh, let's go Alonso second and a Hamilton third like that let's switch Finn. we've got Finn's back I think you have some technical issues Finn is your sound working Finn your laptop oh dear your laptop died we're doing predictions for the weekend it's Baku uh, Sunday Finn what, what's your top three for that so Verstappen first, I think your sounds come back. Perez second, uh, Ocon third. Right, MotoGP. If we go all the way back a couple of weeks now to uh, the race at Cotter, um, none of us scored anything. Um, in fact, let me just double check that. Because um, I think the previous round in in... The previous round, I don't think none of us scored in that one. Can I just double check the predictions? I've got a feeling that none of us scored anything at all. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Let's have a look. Yeah, I've got the predictions here. So, did any of us score any points? Uh, the answer is no. So, None of us, so that including Dave, our guest, Joe, Finn, Ed, and myself, none of us got, none of us scored. Now, interestingly, uh, I listen to the Crash.net podcast every week, and the three presenters there, now these are professionals. You've got Harry Benjamin, Keith Ewan, former uh, motorbike racer, Pete McLaren, he's the MotoGP editor of Crash.net, they perform the same as us. In fact, in all fairness, Harry Benjamin got Luca Marini to finish in the top three, but that's all they got. So Difficult it goes to, to show them. that MotoGP now has become, I think, almost impossible to predict. I so mean, very difficult to I predict said, then because if Crash.net and the professionals got it wrong. The professionals got it wrong, we got it wrong. 
um, it's almost impossible. So you can say almost anything you like. Anything it might, you sound, like. Ridiculous, it might but, sound ridiculous, but it, but it but it might come true. So Joe, MotoGP, what do you got for got that? For that? Uh, Jack Miller third to win. To win. No, no, no. Jack Miller third. Uh, Mark Marquez second. Uh, hold um, on. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, extra, extra is he not racing? Used. Yeah, he's not yeah, racing. He's not yeah. racing yeah. Ah, okay. Um, I'm going to go Rin second. Yeah. And Binder yeah. first. Now, I, I now normally I, I would normally say, say those predictions, predictions are, are unlikely, unlikely, but it's, it's not it's the not case this year. I'm just going to say, I think what's uh, going on here to a degree is I think some people have got the setting set to having headphones in and they don't, and the noise cancellation isn't activated because of it. I think there's right. some sort of other issue at Finn's end, but I think that's definitely why we're getting an echo down Joe's line. Was yeah, because I, I can hear myself. I, I can hear myself. It's a bit weird. So I think, Finn, if you put your predictions on the, if you just, you know, do it through social media or you know, whatever it's called whatsapp whatever it's called just just send me your, your predictions because we can't hear you basically yeah he's giving me the thumbs up there my predictions I've, i haven't thought about these at all um i'm gonna go uh, i'm gonna go bagnaya to win although you've got a slight habit of falling off bagnaya one i'm gonna go quattararo two and I'm going to go Miller three as well, actually. But who knows? We'll, we'll probably score nothing again this weekend. So I think we'll wrap it up there. So next week, um, you're going to ask me, Joe, questions about going to Spa. Yeah, I hope you enjoy that. Yeah, good. So I think lots of questions you can ask me about the whole experience of travelling to Spa and the race. And How so wet on. did you get? Absolutely. And you're going to you got the short straw you're gonna to have to watch the grand prix for us <laughs> i'm gonna watch any of it and uh tell us all about it next week the special guest was chris overend from team brit Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the about page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well